Hey, this is Riley Chris, and you are listening to Halos in the Infield Podcast. And light up the halo! Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, Fernando. There you go, Fernando, checking in. It is uh, the day after the series with the Giants, so we're going to recap that today. We're also going to talk about a few other things going on with Angels baseball on and off the field. And then uh, we're also going to touch in on the merchandise for Redbubble. So look at that nice shirt right now. If you're not listening on a podcast form, you're watching on YouTube, that's just some of the merch that's popping out. That is a Halos in the infield shirt. And how does that feel, Fernando, that shirt? Let's just say the quality out of this world. Artie Moreno, you got to get on this, brother. Like, you know, the shirts at the stadium can sometimes be uncomfortable. Sometimes they give you those nasty rashes. Not here. Not with the Red Bubble merch. So soft. And boy, it came in fast, too. He just ordered that, uh, what, uh, end of last week, and it already came in. So Something like that. Yeah, and your shirt's on the way. Because he uh, Todd got, like, the specialty uh, baseball tee. So, obviously, there's some items that are going to take a little longer than others. Mm-hmm. I just got the generic classic tee. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I honestly, this literally shameless plugs aside, it's actually really comfortable. I'm not even kidding. I, if we're like on a scale of one to 10, it's like an eight comfortable. So, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it, it's there. So, so yeah, we, and there's like 83 different items, six different kind of logo changes or, or the, or different kinds of logos you could have. We have the buttercup for the, uh, the bullpen or buttercup losses, meaning when they lose a stupid game, they should win. Then we have the blow pen uh, shirts. We have that one that he's wearing the halos in the infield. We also have the Todd Fox stuff and we also have the uh, halos in the infield NWO stuff. And I'm, I'm probably forgetting one, uh, one of the logos. I think that's it for now because we have two Todd Foxes. We have the post game and then we have the Todd Fox just logo itself. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the one that you're forgetting. You just forgot there's two of them. Okay. But then, uh, yeah, more on deck, more on deck. Exactly. One other thing real quick to, to, uh, to get through the business real quick uh, is uh, check out our us on Anchor, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and a few others, Google Podcasts. If you haven't subscribed, please like, subscribe, leave a comment. That helps too. Uh, so that's a bit of the business out of the way. Anything you want to start off with, Fernando, in this episode? And don't forget to review the podcast. Reviewing there also there helps. Go. Yes, there you go. Uh, so and then and then like and subscribe to our uh, or uh, or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and also Facebook. We we post stuff every day, three to five posts, maybe even more, depending on what we do for the stories. Uh, we did highlights. There's a post game show. There's a pre game show. And there's also uh, plenty of stories that my boy Fernando puts up, questions of the day, which are which get people talking about Angels baseball, which is very, very uh, good. Yeah, let me just get one thing out of the way, man. All right, so uh, Todd, I, I, I'm going to be totally real for a second. Now, Todd and I have just been wanting to create a platform that's for Angels fans. There's so many pl- people out there and pages that are like, oh, we're for the fans, by the fans. Mm-hmm. But there's nobody out there who puts out a question of the day. For any team, there's nobody out there who's doing post games every day, pre games every day. So we certainly try to do whatever we can. If you guys have anything to make the show better, let us know. 
Todd and I are open anything. Rally Chris is open anything. You let us know. We're going to go ahead and do it. That's another thing we're trying. The rally time with Chris. We're trying to get him to be more consistent about it. Things like that, man. So we're, we're trying to do everything we can to make this show absolutely about you guys. And another thing I want to make clear. Anything we make off the merchandise is not going to the to our pockets. We promise it is going back to the show. More trucker hats, more jersey giveaways. This thing doesn't run if you guys aren't part of it. So tell your friends, the more people we get on, I promise the more merchandise things we're going to give away, free shirts, free jerseys. Todd will confirm that. We want to give it all back to you guys. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because we do a trucker hat giveaway. Like he said, we do jersey giveaways. It's all courtesy of you guys, the fans. So again, yeah, if you guys are pitching in, we have more to put out and more to and, and share with the Angel fans because we're fans just like you. We're turning this into a network. His boy, Andrew, from another podcast that he used to work with, Fernando being that one, uh, is now working with our, our boy um, Chase. And Chase is doing a around the league show in the midweeks, once a week, catching you up on everything outside of Angels baseball. So it's really cool. We're turning this into a network. Me and Fernando are doing a couple shows. We're probably going to add another show to this at some point. And we have a midweek show. So this is really coming together fast, and it's going to blow up, and we want you to be part of it as we roll along. Absolutely. Come in early. Come in early because, man, we're taking off fast and furious. There's two ways to look about it. You can, you know, look at it like, oh, man, they're doing too much too quick. But that's not the approach to have, man. You know what I mean? Anybody who's part of any successful business knows you, you know, you can either adapt or get left behind. And I can tell you right now, there's nobody who's adapted the way we have. So I'm glad to be part of this team. I'm so glad you guys are on for the ride. And I mean, without further ado, let's get to it, man. Yeah, that's that's a lot of that's the most business we've ever talked. But uh, yeah, we're gonna. I know. Yeah, I, I promise. And that <laughs> that business will eventually slowly start to become less and less important as we get more and more listeners. But uh, now that we got all the exciting stuff, now we got to get to the disp- the pressing stuff. Talk about that series. Yes, we got to talk, about <laughs> man. Oh my gosh! So this started as a a uh, it started off bad before it even started, basically. So well, I'm gonna catch you guys up if you don't remember. But the Angels had that day off and they had the finale against Detroit. It was a bitter taste in your mouth left because they were given so many chances to win that game and complete the four game sweep against the lowly tigers. Couldn't get it done at home on a Sunday. And then you figure, okay, well they had given Justin up in the day off. Maybe one of his hits would have came through because they had four batters that uh, went over four in key situations. So over 16 with runners in scoring position really helped hurt the angels in that game, losing in extra innings to the tigers. So with that being said, that game being out of the way, Justin Upton was given a day off before a day off, which made no sense. So when he came by, back for the first game against the Giants, he abruptly uh, tweaks something and goes back out, leaving you scratching your head. And what happened in that first game with the Giants? Uh, what happened with that game is that nothing went right. Mm-hmm. Literally, pitching was bad. The hitting was bad. There's just no positives to take away. I'll say it to I'm blue in the face. It's possible to lose a game and have a good game. The Angels didn't have a good game. Yeah, they're, they're offensively, look, when the game started, Heaney gave you a buttercup start. Uh, he went out there and he just – you give a four spot right away. And some say, well, you know, maybe if the air wasn't made or nothing, but that doesn't make it for the two-run homer. He also surrendered another run in the second inning, so already you're behind five. Nothing. And then the 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 hitting just couldn't get anything together. They really they put a, together a couple bases loaded situations, but failed to score the entire game, and they were shut out five to nothing at home. And so then you move to game two, 
and I've got a lot of thoughts on this, but I want to get your thoughts on this first. What did you think of the other day when the Giants and Angels went to that 13-inning game? Well, I mean, first things first, buy that Buttercup shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe the Halos blowpen shirt. That one. There's some people who are like, man, you guys keep on, you know, are you guys Angels fans? I've heard that too. And I'm just like, guys, we're just Angels fans who want to have fun. It's just, oh my gosh, man. Like, how many times is this going to happen? Like, we're tired of this shit. We are so tired of it. I mean, so many people are saying, I think Chase even said, if we're going to lose, at least lose in the eighth inning. Yeah. yeah well, at least we don't, you know, we know going into the ninth, like, eh, this game is over. Dude, that's literally the dictionary definition of getting buttercupped. It's like well, the Giants scored a run that was in the 10th or the 11th. I think it was the 11th. 11th, yeah. 11th. They scored a run. We immediately respond by tying it up in the 11th. Nothing in the 12th and the 13th is just where it just unraveled, to say the least. Oh, yeah. This, this game was filled with so much buttercupness because if that's even a word. But, <laughs> it is now. Yeah, there you go. It's just uh, Buy your buttercupness shirt. Yeah. I'm just kidding. That's not available yet, but it will be. <laughs> it might be, yeah, right. It's just the weird thing was you had a game where, you know, the pitching for the most part was okay. They kept the Giants in tune. The Giants, uh, the Angels rallied, you know, tied it up and, and you know, Things were, you know, it was 1-1 late in the game that the, the bullpen would did its job. They were pitching really good through the seventh or uh, to the ninth inning, to the tenth inning, actually, even. Uh, it just started to unravel after that once they started bringing the lesser arms. You had 19 strikeouts, and we've seen this before. Now, going into a Tampa series, which we'll talk about next, but they played Tampa earlier in the year, and in a four-game four sweep that Tampa took from them, they struck out. 56 Tampa Bay Rays in four games. And you would think when you say, okay, they struck out 56 times, they probably at worst lost three games to the Angels, maybe even got swept. No, the Angels got swept. Their offense did not come through, and their bullpen gave up runs late. And in this game, it was a carbon copy. 19 strikeouts. You're in control. And then you go to the 13th, and you surrender a seven spot. And the, what top, what, I'm going to finish this real quick, bro, and let you expand on this. But what I really, I wanted to punch my TV because a guy who was 0 for 5 with five strikeouts hits a three-run homer to just pour salt in the wound in this game. I mean, come on. I mean, is that just not like typical Angels fashion? It's always that guy who's battling like, you know, 75, <laughs> 0.075 every time. Yeah. You know, Leave it to the Angels to, like, if they were ever in a situation where they're in an NL ballpark and, like, the, you know, the setup man hits a home run, like, it'd be us that happened to. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, the Giants bring in their eighth inning reliever and they're, they de- depleted their bench, so now they have to have their setup man hit. Hit the bomb. Like, that's just the kind of stuff that happens to the Angels. But, no, I mean, it's the same thing here, right? It happens all the time. There's a guy who's struggling. They face us in a clutch situation. They always come through. So... Yeah. And we just have that luck. I mean, look at we had Griffin Canning playing left field for two innings, not just yeah. one. He was playing in there two innings. And if the game had continued, he'd probably still be in there. And then you had Bundy hit trying to get an RBI in the 12th inning, which he struck out. Um, the play that pissed me off, and I want to I want to get your thoughts on this one, bro. Um, I probably know what it is, but go ahead. Okay. So Lagaris when he tries to get around third base and come home and, and take the extra base. And I was like, all right, we're, I thought we won it. 
when they went to the replay, now obviously I don't know how you how you looked at it. There one of the views showed that he was out. But then when they did the overhead, it looked like it was a tie. Like his cleats touched the base as soon as the the glove touched the thigh. And I thought, okay, you need irrefutable evidence to overturn a call already made on the field. It was like it was like irrefutable, and the umpires immediately just said out. I mean, do you agree with that? I mean, th- isn't that going against the rules? It has to be irrefutable. So, you know, it, I, I watched the play just like everyone else did. I mean, you know, they were showing it a couple times. Mm-hmm. It was close. Mm-hmm. But just like you said, the they so they called safe initially off the yes. get-go because they were playing yeah. the, you know, they were playing Paradise City. Yeah, they had sure. already announced the team won. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They shot the fireworks off the flames and everything. So it seemed like the game was over. Yeah. But then obviously they challenged it, which is normal in that situation. Obviously, it's the most important play of the game at that mm-hmm. point. But, you know, I was I was with you. Okay, you know, they called him save. All of a sudden, it's like, well, maybe he was out. Okay, and then they showed a different angle. Well, no, maybe he's safe again. Exactly. There wasn't conclusive evidence that he was out. Mm-hmm. Typically, when that's the case, they just call him safe because they have to go with the initial call. Yep. But. Once again, leave it to us. I mean, look, remember earlier in the year when Jason Castro for the Astros hit that ball that bounced over the fence or yes. that bounced fair and then went over the wall for a ground rule double? Mm-hmm. But, you know, and they reviewed the play and everything, yet they called it a fair ball. But everybody at home knows that, that ball was foul. Yep. You know, I paused that play i must have been like a hundred times and saw that it was foul every time so it's like what i want to know is how come people like us who literally just have our cell phones or our ipads or computers can pause these plays at the exact perfect moment and see what the result is yet the umpires in new york are like i don't know i've never seen the play before yeah every time it's just it's frustrating it is frustrating. who can review who can review the replays because clearly they're not getting it right exactly can we challenge a challenge I, I don't understand too the need to go to new york I, I don't understand why there's not a replay guy in the booth in the upper deck you know where the uh the radio guys are i don't understand the fact that uh you know if it's so plain as day and you have a rule set up and then you're not going to use it or adhere to it to me there's been a biased against the angels all year, whether it's bad umpiring and then the same umpiring that we're getting screwed on, on like maybe the corners or the low part of the plate, the other teams not getting that same fortune from the umpires, or we're not allowed to replay certain things, but other teams are, or like you said, with Castro it was clear as day that was foul ball. And then that turned that game against us. And we lost in Houston. It just seems like, the I've heard someone say this today. The baseball gods are against us this year. There is like, you know, like right when we get rolling. Come on, uh, this year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, it's been a while, my friend. It's been a while. <laughs> well, this year feels like just it's blatant. Like they don't even care to hide it anymore. They're just like, nah, I, have yeah. to... <laughs> you know, I don't get it. I don't know, man. It's starting to like, you know, like all those like conspiracies for years, like, oh, football scripted, football scripted. It's like, am I turning into one of those people? Oh, dude, please no because the next show i don't want to come on here with either you with a tw- tinfoil hat or me with a tinfoil hat because it might get that we one. will we will <laughs> maybe that's the ne- if you guys want to see that uh, an old whole episode where we just tinfoil hat things let us know 
<laughs> Jeez. I know we're going to turn everything into a shirt. There's going to be like a tinfoil hat or a tinfoil shirt to give away. You know, who knows? Yeah. But <laughs> this We'll is- do a round table where we just sit around and talk about just conspiracy theories. Well, we think that Rob Manfred sits at home and burns Mike Trout jerseys for fun while he eats kittens. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> hey, you know what? It's so so wrapping up this series before we move on, I don't know how much you have more on this game. I just felt there was just so many things that hurt me as an Angel fan in this game where I'm so glad today was a day off because I, I just didn't have, after the post-game rant that I went on, I just didn't have the, the, the gusto to go today. I really didn't. Win or lose, I was just like, yeah, I need a break for today, you know, like – uh, I'm glad they had two days off in four in four days because yeah we needed it <laughs> yeah yeah I mean we need to decompress from this one although how do you think this team's gonna go into the Tampa series after two now three games in a row losing in a typical Angel fashion? Well, I mean anybody who plays MLB the show knows that anytime you lose immediately the next game they're like, well you gotta have a short term memory, you know what I mean? It's just like one of those pre-programmed lines in the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, as cliche as it is, I mean, you know, baseball's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. So you just got to forget about it. You, unfortunately, you know, you got a day off so everyone could, you know, take their kids to Disneyland or whatever the hell else they do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hit the reset button because, um, you know, it, it was a really bad series. You know, that, that first game of the, se- of the series, horrible. You, all you could do is just take a mulligan to it, forget about it. But, the game yesterday, and this is meaning uh, Wednesday, was just atrocious. The way it ended was bad. The beginning was great. Otani was great. Um, you know, it I'm lived not up say to the, the team. hype. Yeah, I mean, it was a pitcher's duel. There's nothing you can say. I mean, you know, there's some games where offense just isn't going to be there because they're facing a good pitcher. Yeah. But the biggest thing you can do in those games is um, try to put pressure, at least on the starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. You know, because Gosman was uh, – pitching efficiently you know what i mean i think like otani was up to like 105 pitches and gospel was up to like 70 something oh yeah, yeah, yeah but you know what you want to do is if he's up to 75 pitches well are like 50 of those high pressure pitches mm-hmm. you might not have scored anything but you know did you have a runner in scoring position you know did you have a runner on first base causing havoc on the base path things like this are going to make those 55 pitches or 70 pitches see more like 150 pitches because you know whenever these pitches are stre- pitches are stressed you know they're, they're putting a little more strain and they're trying to put a little more oomph behind the ball mm-hmm. so you know it, it takes a lot more out of them so people don't think about this kind of stuff yeah they don't and then the fact is i'm glad you brought that up because the fact is the angels are like the worst in the league at drawing walks working late counts they really don't i mean you saw in this game stassi struck out on ball five um, he worked the count three two, and then and then all of a sudden, inexplicably, he str- he swings at uh, ball four and ball five that were above his head. You know, after reading the pitcher perfectly, and he had the pitcher on the ropes, and then the very next hitter after Stassi struck out with the bases loaded, which was Rendon, he swings at the goddamn first pitch. Um, this team, has no- I, I will give Rendon one thing though. Okay, if if it weren't for bad luck, that would have been the game winner. You think so? Because it did hit off the pitcher. It hit off the pitcher. Yeah, that's true. So that's think true. about it. I mean, if that ball's, you know, two, three inches to either direction, chances are we're probably talking about a walk-off. Well, that is true, and they're probably 500 right now. But getting to that, 
the standings right now, they're two games under 500 again. And now that I think they're five and a half or six and a half out of the wild card. And they're my, in my opinion, completely dead for the division. They're now 10 and a half out. Uh, Houston won again, 11 straight Oakland's right there with them. So the only way I think they can catch up is they got to make some ground in that wild card. I, I think the division's long done to stick a fork in that sucker already. Yeah, and I, it's frustrating. You know, you keep on thinking that one of these teams is going to fall off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're hoping someone's playing a game of deer hunter and they're just turning around the corner just ready to strike. But I don't know, man. Neither of these teams are really cooling off. I mean, the Athletics and the Astros are just seemingly doing way better than people had predicted. Yeah, and the thing is, you turn around and they're playing the freaking Tigers and Orioles. So Every time. You know, and here we are facing, you know, a pretty difficult part of the schedule. Now, in theory, you'd like to hope that – I mean, I haven't really looked ahead to, like, September, but I know in September we face the Padres. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, there's a hard team. But, um, you know, at some point you think these other teams have to start getting some more difficult schedules. But, I mean, right now the Angels are just kind of in one of the harder parts of their uh, uh, their schedule. Yeah, they're just they're sitting there right now at the in in the brink of just all disaster because we've been saying you know it could be next podcast it could be the podcast after that that we're talking about them being sellers or we could be saying that they could be buyers it could change my thing is with the non extra game added to this uh, this uh, or non extra playoff to this season like there was last year. Um, it's just it's hurt the Angels because you'd, you'd you'd think right now they'd be only maybe three or two back because there'd be an extra team, but right now you got to deal with Boston or the Tampa Bay or even the Yankees are involved in that wild card over there, even the freaking Blue Jays. So there's plenty of teams for the Angels to jump. It's just not really looking good at this point. Um, the biggest thing that they've been saying since Trout was hurt is you just need to stay afloat. You just need to stay afloat. And they have stayed afloat, but obviously not to the extent that we wanted. But real quick, going to the schedule again. So I just pulled it up. So in July, starting on the second, because, you know, the first will still be ending that Yankee series. Mm -hmm. So from the second, we have Baltimore, Boston. So after Boston, you basically don't have too many teams that are crazy good besides Oakland. So it goes Boston, Seattle, all-star break. Seattle again, Oakland. Minnesota for four, Colorado for three, and then Oakland for three. So you do have five games versus Oakland and three versus Boston. Everybody else is, you know, at least average or below average. So July could definitely be the month to get hot. But, I mean, we shouldn't have to sit here and talk about times where the team should be playing well. The Angels aren't really losing to teams below 500, which is – pretty surprising compared to what we're normally talking about you know normally the angels don't handle the teams they need to handle yeah exactly and that's that's the thing coming up here i mean we have obviously a good record against the yankees but the the rays screwed us over now we go back to tampa starting tomorrow and then uh you know so so yeah you're right we got a tough schedule coming up minus trout minus some pitching that we really need that hasn't shown up at times it's just a lot of inconsistencies um, one thing I want to get off topic with you before we talk about, or if you want to talk about the series coming up here, but one thing I want to bring up with that Ty Butchery interview that we did the other day, I don't know if you caught that story about the Baltimore Orioles players being forced to sleep in their cars. Their team did not book them. Yes. Motels or hotels. Um, do you think that that is going to be a talking point 
for the upcoming players association uh, meetings with the, uh, because obviously I think the uh, contract is up next year. Uh, do you think before next season? Yeah. So we might be talking about a strike. Hopefully not because we don't want the game to, uh, you know, when the angels are trying to rebuild <laughs> them hit a year where they can't play, but I don't think it'll get to that point. But my thing is, do you think that's going to be a talking point with Tony Clark and them? Or do you think this is off their radar? Uh, I think it's pretty off the radar, unfortunately. I mean, you know, people like Ty Buttry have said all the time that it's just a topic that people don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, people are quiet on it. People seemingly don't care, and that shouldn't be the case at all. Mm-hmm. But um, it should be a talking point. I mean, uh, we know people. I know somebody who's in security. You know him, too. And he said that there's minor league guys who stroll through the hotel all the time and they just eat Domino's pizza in and out all the time. Cause I mean, that's what all these guys can afford. That's like a diet of a world-class athlete. Not at all. No. It's, you know, I mean, how unfair is it for these guys to have to cook ramen noodles out of a bathtub? Could you imagine? No, and I- another thing is like, you know, having to, you know, eat like that, sleep in your car. This isn't stuff that professionals of anything should be doing. And, that, and I'll say that till the day I die. It's not fair. It's not right. It's not cool. Just like uh, Ty Buttery's wife, Sam Green, said, you know, I mean, what kind of a job only lets you get paid $12,000? And people can always say, well, get a different job. But, I mean, it's not fair for anybody in any job to be getting paid twelve grand a year. Yeah. Pre-tax. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, travel ball guys sometimes have better accommodations than what these guys are going through. And these guys are like what Ty Buttry said, the future of the franchise. Yep. So, so I just, I heard that the other day or I saw that story. I'm like, dude, I mean, that's just, I hadn't, I hadn't, he opened my eyes to a lot of things in that interview that you did with him. But the fact of the matter is like the very next day I see a story about what's really going on. I'm like, damn, did I just miss this? And, and, you know, was it blocked out or is this, you know, you were just oblivious, you know what I mean? Just because it, it wasn't even something that was possible in your world. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden it shows up on my newsfeed. So um, that's pretty crazy. Um, I hope it gets addressed. I know that they are going to be taught, but I, but I don't think it will because, you know, Tony Clark and the, and the uh, Rob Manfred they already know they're going to be talking X's and O's money and they're going to be talking more revenue with playoff games and what, uh, you know, more playoff teams, uh, the DH. I think those talking points are just going to take up everything. And unfortunately, this is going to be another one, like you said, that's just going to get missed. Yeah. I mean, I will keep on doing what we can out of our end uh, from this podcast. I mean, I know Todd enjoyed the interview as much as I did. So, mm-hmm. you know, any players who want to come on, if this ever reaches any players, because they want to come on, talk about your life with the minors, we are always all ears and willing to share with the world to our extent, whatever we can. But, uh, you know, I, something's got to change. Something's got to give for sure. It's not cool. It's not fair. It's not right. And people need to find it out, man, because I mean, you know, if nobody else is going to talk about it, we will, because that's something that's uh, huge news to me. I mean, you know, it's, it's not a way to live. It it just isn't, you know, baseball aside. I mean, if you find out that a McDonald's employee was getting paid $12,000 a year, you'd be pissed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just human decency. It's like, you know, that's not fair to these guys. Can you imagine having to eat refrigerated chicken that you had to put in your air conditioner and then having to go play a game, let alone that you got paid, you know, whatever you got paid, basically nothing to play. And you, hell, you probably had to pay to play. Yeah. You know, you can't say these minor leaguers are profitable. Most of them are probably paying out of pocket. 
Yeah. And that's another thing that I, that I want to address with Ty, but we just didn't have the time is that like in college football, you know, they, that's why there's no college football video games because the rights were taken because they went, they actually sued the NCAA the players did and former players because they're using their likeness and profiting on it and not giving anything to the players. And when you have these college students in college, if they say, Oh, I'm going to work at a, uh, what do you call it? A fast food joint subway just to make some money. That's an NCAA violation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Any kind of profit they get off an autograph or a Jersey violation, and they're not able to live their lives include they're trying to get their scholarship work for the team, make them billions of dollars and, you know, try to get themselves some kind of accommodations, buy themselves a car, or do something nice for themselves. They can't do it. So they're restricted there. That's got to change. And I, I think that's going before the Supreme Court. They, you know, lawsuits. I think may, minor league baseball should be in the same boat right now. We should be having players, former players fighting for like, like Ty Buttry, more of them fighting to bring this to Supreme Court to show that, hey, man, you got like he said, I was and I didn't even think of this. You got billion dollar owners like Artie Moreno and others that should be spending money on these minor league players because these are your, these are your, this is your future. That's your future revenue down there. And they want to be working for you. So why don't you work for them and like give them something. They're not even shaving anything off the top. (laughs) I know. I mean, I'll say this, I'll say this, man. Anybody has any contact with Artem Moreno, you show them this. You're worth over $3 billion with the B with a B Yep. Throw these guys a damn bone. Mm-hmm. How is it fair for any of these guys to be eating fast food? You know, if that's a choice they're making, great. But it's not a choice. These kids are for, and I'm going to say kids, because some of these guys are underneath 18 and they sign out of like a Latin country or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even 18, 19, these guys are still kids. I mean, let's be honest, when we were 18 or 19, we were still basically a lot like lost puppies calling our parents for everything, you know, maybe not for help with everything, but like, Oh, Hey mom, I don't know how to call my doctor. Things like that. This is stuff, you know, you don't get taught as a kid. These guys are still kids. They're getting paid. Nothing, nothing at all. It's not fair. Something has to get done. I'm going to fight this fight out of whatever corner I possibly can. But something's got to change. It's it, not cool. It's got to because you could look at it and some people I've even heard say, well, you know what? The owners really don't make that money, that much money in the end, because look at your Pittsburgh Pirates, your Tampa Bay Rays that maybe, but, the, you know, only attract maybe 15, 20,000, uh, uh, you know, with a 40, 50,000 seat stadium. It, but that's not where all the revenue comes from. You know, they make a good amount on the fans. Yes. But you're talking about so much money with these TV contracts. We're talking about hundreds of millions going to each additional team, plus the profits, the merchandise, all that stuff is all thrown back at the owners to either invest back into their team or pocket. And I don't think that there's a there's a good enough cap in Major League Baseball that they need to put into the back into the organization. I think they put the bulk of it to the Major League part of the roster and the organization, but they don't share that with the with the most important part of the, the team which is the minor leagues to get the the, the players there because i think that's the biggest issue right now they, they really need to force these owners to spend more because they are they are taking advantage in the worst way of these young kids and like you said these guys have no life experience there's no mentorship 
uh, out there to teach these guys, hey, you know what? When you get this big money, maybe you shouldn't splurge. Maybe you should try to have a fallback. No one's telling them anything. So even if they get the money, they're just spending it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not cool. So going to what you said about the Pirates, just uh, one guess. Guess how much the Pittsburgh Pirates are worth. They're the 22nd least valuable franchise, so they're near the bottom. But guess how much they're worth as of March. Ooh, uh, probably. I don't know, man. I don't know. Let's let's hear it. One point two billion dollars. See, one point two billion dollars, and that's for the pirates. Yes, yeah, you know, like you said, the pirates were, you know, kind of like what you expect it would be like the chump change organization. Mm. One point two billion does not sound like chump change for me. Does it? That but owner, that owner makes okay. money. The same thing with Oakland, bro. Yes, Oakland gets into the postseason. They fill that that crusty stadium up late August, most of September. <laughs> but they're they're pretty much drawing flies most of the year. But that absolutely. Team, but that team profits, bro. That team profits. Yeah, they're worth over a billion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm still I'm still scrolling to see who the uh, least valuable team is. And that should tell you something. You know what I mean? Okay, so it's Miami. Miami is the only team not worth a billion dollars. 29th is the uh, uh, the Rays, and they're worth over a billion. The Marlins are only worth $990 million. So, I mean, that's only $990 million. I mean, they'll be there pretty quick. Well, me, me but, once we get a few more subscribers, should be able to afford that, right? Yeah, we'll buy the Marlins. No problem. We'll call them, we'll call them the Angels of the East. There you go. We'll move Jeter out of the front office. We'll take that ourselves. Yeah, I'll fire him myself. <laughs> Uh, and one more thing before we try to regain regain the topic here. Mm-hmm. Um, how many more? How much better talent would you have if guys were able to afford to play minor league baseball? You know, you give these guys twenty two, twenty five thousand, even. You know, it's still not a crazy amount of money, but it's something livable. Especially if you get like a roommate, because most of these guys have roommates. You know, two guys can who are making you know a combined forty five thousand dollars could definitely get a little apartment nothing crazy but they won't be eating ramen noodles out of a bathtub well let me put it to you this way baseball is called what america's pastime correct Correct. now you'll see more and i'm I'm gonna get a little bit more into race in this and follow me on this one um for the last 10 to 15 years they started the rbi program to bring more inner city black youth into back into baseball because the numbers had been the lowest ever in baseball since they were integrated back into the game. The thing is that I've realized with that whole program, it works, but you're not giving these black athletes or even the white athletes where right now the Latin culture is kind of like come in big time and they don't care because they're working for it, but you're not getting the American player, whether white (coughs) black or Latino that are American that want to play the game because it doesn't pay. And, and, and you have such, you know, I get it. Basketball has such a, you know, you have such a low percentage to make it to the NBA, but you have other outlets in China, you know, Australia, places like that. You have outlets to make more money. They'll pay you cash to travel overseas. Uh, Same thing with uh, football. There's other organizations, especially now there's going to be new uh, football uh, league started up this year and the year after Um, XFL. Whoop. Yep, the XFL and uh, you know, Canadian Football League, and then you got hockey. You know, like hockey is an expensive sport to play, but if you can do it, you can make it. There's leagues all over the world. Baseball has yeah. a lot; of, it plays in all kinds of countries, but not a professional league. Is 
even close to major league baseball outside of maybe Korea or China or in Japan, that kind of area. My point being is this, I think if you were to be able to pay these players a lot more, you would take some of these guys that would just be basketball or nothing or football or nothing. And they would invest their time and they'd be like, Hey, it's worth it to play baseball. It's worth it to play the pastime. I think that's how you would get more people from this, from the United States or that are black athletes back into the game. What do you think? Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. I mean, my thing's always been like, Hey man, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you've got the skills, you should be able to play. Absolutely. So, but you know what I mean? If, uh, you can't show people you don't have the skills if you don't have the ability to play because you can't afford it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a professional at any level, you shouldn't be able to have to say, I can't afford to play what I like to do or want to do. That's not fair to you as an athlete. Nope. Like Ty said, these guys work their entire lives to get to this point. Yep. And can you imagine getting drafted? Like that's your dream. You got drafted. You're only able to play one year and all of a sudden, boom, your wife's pregnant or your fiance, your girlfriend, whatever you love her. You want to say, you, you want to keep this baby. Well, I can't keep playing now. If they're just pay these guys a little bit more so that they can continue their career with things that normal life issues bring up, like starting a family, that's a normal uh, aspiration people have in their life. That's not a crazy far-fetched thing. Guys can't even afford to do that. So if you can give these guys just a little bit more and just close the gap, like Ty said, you don't need to pay these guys a million dollars. They're in the minors, but just close the gap a little bit so they can live. The quality of athletes you would attract, as Todd said, are much higher. Guys wouldn't have to retire at the age of 18 because they can actually afford to play. Yeah. So we'll keep talking about it till we're blue in the face and hopefully one day something changes. But I fear that when my six-year-old's old at the same age as me, it's going to be the same battle. Hopefully by then, if it is the same battle, there'd be more players than just Ty Butchery and that other player he that uh, that is fighting the fight. Maybe you'll have a gang of players at that point, former and recent, uh, that are going to be fighting the fight. So we're we're just letting Ty and everyone else know it's listening to the podcast. We're on his side, especially Fernando. Fernando's been talking with him for a while, and this has been a subject that they've been going back and forth with for a while. So I applaud you guys on that. Um, the next thing, well, I guess maybe the last thing we'll get into is uh, thoughts on the upcoming series here with Tampa. You know, what do you what do you expect to see from the Angels, and what do you uh, the results in this uh, series with Tampa? Well, I was expecting the Angels to go one and one versus the Giants, and I was hoping they'd realistically go one and two versus the Rays. I would like to see you know a two or three situation, but you know, right now that's going to be tough. That's going to be real tough. When I, Tampa when, Bay is a good team. Oh yeah. The yeah. good news with Tampa Bay is you don't have to see glass now, mm-hmm. so that's going to help us. But um, man, it's just something's got to change right now with the Angels, and I think you alluded to it either in the post game or the show you might have done with Chase recently, and you said like even if we had an average bullpen, we're probably talking about having thirty six wins right now. I mean, forty two. Yeah. 42. 42 wins? Yeah, yeah. Because right now yeah, we got 36 yeah. right now. I, I think 36. Okay, so yeah, you got a couple more. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'd have a, at least six more wins because um, there's been so many buttercups and blowpin, you know, opportunities out there that the Angels have just given us. Uh, my feelings on Tampa real quick is just notice the difference. If you're watching this game, just watch how Tampa approaches every at-bat. Just watch how they are more in tune to look for pitches that are in their hot zones so to speak, 
and they're more uh, to to not strike out as much. Now, I know I talked about what they did in Anaheim, but they've changed since that Anaheim series. They had just a bad series against us. I don't think the Angels are going to go in there striking out as many as they did. I think you're going to see Tampa Bay have that Oakland-type approach to just work the counts, try to get on base any way you can, and watch how the Angels then approach things hacking at whatever comes closer or however they're, you know, if they, they feel threatened on a two, one that they think a two, one pitch is going to be down the middle. They're going to hack, even though it's a slider outside, you know, uh, I, think, yeah. I think the angels just don't have the right plate discipline. You'll see the big difference in the series. Yeah. They, that's one thing that needs to change for sure. I mean, going back to the at bat, you mentioned with Max Stassi, I mean, come on, man, you, you swung at ball four and ball five. And I mean, any basic athlete who's ever hit at anything above like a high school level or even like high school and above knows that in a full count, they're almost always going to try to give you a fastball up in the zone because they know you're going to swing. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, how many times have you gotten a fastball up in the zone on a two strike count? It happens oh. all the time, right? Oh yeah. What? 60% of the time. Yeah. They're either going to give you that or they're going to jam you in on your hands, depending on the kind of hitter you are. Yep. And, and then sometimes occasionally you'll get a breaking ball down to your kneecap. Something it's but, usually something like that. They don't burn you with a fastball down the middle. Usually. No, you know, unless they miss on a location, but yeah. like 60% of the time, or maybe even like 65 to 70% of the time on a two strike count, especially a full count. That's a clutch situation like that. It's normally always a ball. Yeah. Maybe because the pitcher's gripping the ball too tight Maybe it's just because they know you're going to chase, but I feel like most of the time it's always a ball. And I saw two or three pitchers in that late innings that literally when we let them off the hook, they looked stressed. Those pitchers, especially the one that struck out Stassi. I mean, he looked like he couldn't find the plate and yeah. we let him off the hook in three pitches, dude, that game should have been over. And I was just, I'm like, you got to, you're a catcher Stassi. And it was much praise we given him for having a, such a great week prior he really didn't read that pitcher. You know, he should have looked at the pitcher and been like, dude, this guy's on the ropes, man. He's, he's, he's not going to throw anything. He's wild. You know, those first four pitches he threw to him were all over the place. So, I mean, why not take another pitch or two? You know what I mean? I'd much rather him strike out on a corner that you're like, damn it, ump. You know what I mean? Than yep. for him to be swinging at shit that's clearly ball five. That's higher than Snoop Dogg? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. Advice. What are you swinging at? You know, real quick, uh, one last thing about the Stassi thing, unless you have anything to add. So uh, Mark Sweeney, I told you that I know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got close with him a couple years ago. So I asked him one time, I was like, you know, in a clutch situation when, uh, you know, you got bases loaded or any kind of situation where you need to drive in a run, mm-hmm. what did you used to tell yourself in that situation? And he told me he would always remind himself that the pitcher is almost twice as nervous as the hitter. Mm-hmm. And it's like – like you said, Stassi's a catcher. Why didn't he pick up on that? The pitch, you could see it in his face. The pitcher was nervous. You know, especially after that, you know, the, the, so it was a 2 2 count. The ball was over his head and he swung. So he should have regrouped there and been like, all right, he's probably going to go up high. He's going to trust that fastball. He's going to trust that I'm going to swing yep. at that. Same situation, the very next pitch swings at almost the exact same thing. It was a fastball up in the zone and he swung and he looked like a dumbass. He he did because actually when it was two and one and he threw the high pitch and Stassi laid off. 
So that made it 3-1. And then he threw that same pitch, like you said, two times in a row again. So it was actually three times in a row. And then you let the first one go through. You saw it, and you're like, okay, I see where that release point's at. I see that pitch up in the zone. I shouldn't swing if I see that pitch again. Nope, he swung at it two more times. So, yeah, he gets the dumbass award because that shouldn't have happened, man. And, and to have all the fans on their feet, so you had everything playing in your side. And the Angels did not take advantage of that. Mike Stassi didn't take advantage of that. Yeah. I'm all, you know, really can't even blame on the team because I feel like the team set him up perfectly. And I mean, Mm -hmm. out of that situation, and honestly, actually, out of anyone in the lineup right now who's healthy, not named Otani, Max Stassi is probably the guy you wanted batting there, right? Yeah, exactly. Because he's been so Maybe Justin Upton? Yeah. Lately. Maybe lately Justin Upton. We could have used him too, because right now I think, um, you know, we talked about it on the post game. His, he's shortened up his swing. He's, um, you know, he's not looking to pull the ball all the time. He's not looking to hit the home runs. If the home runs come, they come, whatever. But he's taking the walks. And I don't understand why his approach to the plate is not rubbing off on everyone else up and down that lineup. It should be. It really should. Yeah. Well, it's actually, it seems like it's rubbing off on Fletcher pretty well, because it seems that we have vintage Fletcher back. Yeah, he's he's looking a lot better. Uh, he's what two eighty now, something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's starting to flirt with uh, uh, with three hundred again. So you know, he's starting to slowly work his way up. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there there's some positives to this. I know we've gone on a tangent a little bit here in this series uh, or, or this show, um, but you know, this is what this team does to us. Frankly, <laughs> I mean, we're we're as inconsistent. We're as unorganized, yeah, and inconsistent yeah. as the team right now. <laughs> But any final? You know, we, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say you you're gonna have, you had a comment right there. See, I'm even breaking up. I already lost my train of thought on it. See, see, uh-huh. there you go. Slop. We're turning into like the 13th inning. There you go. It's falling apart. The shit show. I just hit. Why do you build me up? <laughs> I just hit into a double play. Fernando had a nice at bat, and then I just screwed it up. I hit right to short first pitch. Oh, there you go, Albert. There you go, Albert. <laughs> Did I mention my feet hurt? <laughs> yeah, right, dude. God, okay. I la- one of the last times I'll ever purposely bring up the the Dodgers. How great was that? Albert Pujols grounding out in a clutch situation to was it Manny Machado? Or no, he he didn't even ground out. It was a line drive missile mm-hmm. straight to Manny Machado. He made a great play and then threw the ball over to second base. Love to see it. Fuck the Dodgers. Exactly. <laughs> and my thought on that too is the Padres stadium is is lit when they play. I mean, that entire series looked fun to be. I wish I had gone. And just the fact that the fans were so into it. I mean, there were look, that's what we imagine the angels would be. You know how they, you saw those Padre players with a freaking big, huge clock, you know, or the, 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 the diamond spinner. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got fans wearing that. You, I mean, each one of them, when they hit a home run, they they have their own handshake or, or secret t- type thing that they do. I mean, that is chemistry uh, beyond chemistry. And, and yeah, I don't see the Angels with those secret handshakes or any cool stuff like that. I mean, the Angels definitely do some stuff. I mean, but uh, I, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. You know, we don't have a, a diamond spinner, but I mean, necklace. But, I mean, it'd be, you know, I, I think a lot different if this team would have completely stayed healthy. Like we talked about earlier, you know, there's a big difference between when Dexter Fowler was on the team for that week and a half and got hurt than now. You know, Dexter Fowler was kind of the energy. It seemed like Otani's starting to be that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it's just because these guys are a little more quiet. Not to say it doesn't look like they have fun. I mean, Jose Iglesias, I mean, yeah. look at his run forest run. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, they got the ball and he just kept running. <laughs> they do do some fun stuff every now and then. But you remember back in the day when they used to point or they used to do some sort of signals back to the dugout. There's none of that right now. And like we alluded to in the last show, there's like really no presence of a true leader. And I think that if we had a true leader yeah. on the team doing something, starting something, I think we would see that. But we just don't. We don't see that kind of chemistry being built or a leader to get things in, in, in order. So it's it's been I'm another- hoping it'll be a little different when Trap gets back and mm-hmm. I'm thinking think, maybe next year with Otani, maybe since uh, after about next year, I think he'd been around long enough where people maybe start looking to him. I mean, do you really think, do you think people might be looking at him now? Just because, you know, he's kind of the guy. I would have to say they do. I think he, if he'd be more vocal, but the problem is I look at Shohei and I look at Trout and I'm like, these are like two of the nicest guys in baseball. I don't think they're going to sit back, you know, they'll pull pranks and stuff in the dugout, whatever. But I don't think they're going to be the guys that are going to take another guy under his wing or they're going to get yelled at because they're underperforming or something. I just don't see it with these guys. I don't, I don't know if they're just not there in their careers yet to where they're going to turn into that guy or if they're ever going to be that guy. What do you think? You know, this team, maybe this is a good time actually to bring up the question of the day that I made for today because this is the, the kind of time where we should have had a guy like Jared Weaver because mm-hmm. I think Jared Weaver – would have been that kind of guy. And I think he was that guy. He was. Yeah. Uh, but real, so the question of the day, uh, for those of you guys who don't know what I'm talking about, maybe this is your first time tuning in, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram every morning at about 6.30 to 7 a.m., I'll post a question of the day. The question of the day is normally something pertaining to the team. Um, so this is the first time I decided to try like a compare and contrast kind of question mm-hmm. since this is the 60th anniversary. So I compared two Angels greats. So I said, uh, you know, assuming both pitches are in their prime, who would you add to today's starting rotation uh, between Chuck Finley and Jared Weaver? Who do you think uh, each? Uh, who do you think the team would benefit more from today? And I've actually heard a pretty fair balance. Like it started off like ninety-five percent Jared Weaver, mm-hmm. but as the days gone on, the Chuck Finley nights decided to start rolling out of bed, yeah. or maybe they just realize where their phones were <laughs> <laughs> or they discovered the app for the first time yeah they discovered the internet because uh, it does seem like a lot of his uh, people who said finley are a little older yeah i mean if you saw him i seen him strike out four in an inning like four or five times like like the dude had just had the nastiest fork ball i've ever seen i didn't even know what a fork ball was until chuck finley uh, and then, and then the fact that his splitter. So he had a nasty uh, splitter, nasty fork ball. Who's a tall lefty? Um, just he he was a like he wasn't perfect, but he was just like our our guy, dude. I mean, he. Um, I don't think I ever saw him pitch finer than that '95 season when the Angels had dug themselves a hole, and he had to pitch on three days rest like three times in a row. The dude was just solid, man. I mean, just what a competitor. Jared Weaver, too. I mean, there's arguments for him. I mean, he threw a no-hitter here. Um, you know, he was a fiery competitor. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of lean towards Chuck because I saw I saw him do some things with some very special teams. 
and uh, Weaver the same way, but I just there's something about him being that tall lefty that looked more intimidating than Weaver. Yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't really get to see Chuck Finley play. I've only ever gotten to see the highlights. But uh, let me start off by saying that the team could benefit from either guy. I don't really think there's a wrong answer in this situation. Mm-hmm. But just going by the overall numbers, uh, I would definitely think that I think Jerry Weaver had a little bit of the uh, the slight edge there. But like I said, I don't think you can go wrong with either guy. I mean, they both brought intensity. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I saw Jerry Weaver pitch in the 2014 uh, playoff game against the Royals, and he pitched well. He only gave up like two runs. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, anytime a starter gives up less than three runs, it gives you six to seven innings, he gave you a chance to win a game. Oh, absolutely. Um, a quality start is a chance to win a game. One more thing I got to say on Weaver, though. <laughs> Maybe- okay. Maybe he gets the nod over Chuck just for this one thing. If you look it up on YouTube and you're an Angel fan, you don't remember it. Up in Seattle, Kyle Seeger was playing games with him during the game. I knew you were going to say that. Yes. And, and Kyle Seeger was being a dick and he kept calling timeout. And he looked at him and he did it real emphatically. And it stopped Weaver's. Um, Weaver, Weaver was going into his wind up. Yep. Yeah. And so he stopped and they kind of like jabbed at each other a little bit, yacked from the mound and from the box. And then Seeger put up his hand real defiantly towards, you know, the, the umpire. And so Weaver's like, oh, really? You want to play games? And he just nailed him right away. Yeah, I think I heard that interview. I might have been, was it with Barstool Sports or something? Uh-huh. And Jerry Weaver's like, you're going to get every ounce of this 86-mile-an-hour fastball. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, like, drilled him with an 86-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah, that was awesome, though. And then he, he already knew he was getting uh, ejected, so he just walked off the freaking field. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, see, that's that's what I loved about Jerry Weaver. And unfortunately, I was at his very last career game as a Padre. Mm. Uh, His last last game of his career. I mean, nothing was worse than seeing a guy who I I don't want to say idolize, but, you know, lack for lack of a better phrase, I idolize him as an angel. Mm. You know, I was a big fan of him. He was I just loved watching him play. And my last image of him will be him giving up like eight or nine runs against the Diamondbacks. In uh, San Diego. <laughs> yeah, he had nothing left at that point. You know. No. And it's crazy to think, like, he even offered the Angels, a, like, oh, give me a minor league contract because he didn't want to leave. And it's crazy that Billy Upper wouldn't even give him a minor league deal. I thought he actually might have been okay as a bullpen arm. Yeah, he could have been. It's just they never gave him a shot. And uh, I'm ha- I'm just happy a guy like uh, two Garrett Richards, who was his good friend, I thought his career was over last year, and uh, he rebounded nicely. He's pitching pretty decent for Boston this year, so he yeah, ne- not bad. We'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. So we'll give him a ten-year contract. <laughs> yeah, probably in the offseason. The next Garrett Cole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't give Garrett Cole three hundred million, but we'll give a guy who we had in in-house three hundred million. But we're bringing. Yeah, absolutely. Except we're going to make him play shortstop because we don't pay for pitching. <laughs> exactly. He's got to be a. That's why we're trying canning out in left field. <laughs> They're like, you're not doing it as a pitcher. He's like, he's like, but I have some good stuff. They're like, no. If you ever want to get paid, you got to go to left. Exactly. <laughs> we're going to trade Joe Adele for uh, some no name catcher no one's ever heard of, and he's going to be good in a year, just like Max Stassi. Just wait. Yeah, we did it before. We'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the, the Halo way, baby. Oh, we got we to gotta change that Halo way, man. I swear to God. But So you got anything else on this episode, brother? Uh, No. Actually, this is probably one of the more fun episodes to do. Absolutely. See, th- 
Okay. And I, I have it on pretty good authority. I've heard from like six or seven people that they actually like it when we go off brands. Oh, okay. Okay. So I, I hear people love it. So Okay. I'm good with that then. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, the Halos in the Infield podcast. Uh, we'll be back on what, Sunday? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, maybe a little sooner. But check out that merch as a fresh looking shirt um because whatever you see on the podcast logo that's the shirt that he's wearing but it looks really good and better on a shirt if you ask me and yeah. go to redbubble.com search up halos in the infield so soft. and you could you could get those so soft shirts you can get shower <laughs> curtains if you want <laughs> shower God. i will dude if you get a shower curtain especially with todd fox's uh, logo on it i will personally grab it down he'll autograph Dude, not only would I autograph, I'll pay for half. If you actually hang that on your damn uh, shower pole, I'll pay for half, dude. I'll send you a check or whatever for half of what you paid for that shower curtain. Because if if someone's rocking a Todd Fox freaking shower curtain, dude, and yours is like the comforter, man. You you, you laugh at the comforter, but I don't. I, there's just something about <laughs> someone in a in a freaking shower with the Todd Fox logo on it. That I, I, so Todd and I have already talked about like maybe like some point, maybe at the end of the year, maybe early next year doing a, a tailgate, mm-hmm. but we said we got to do it right. So we're, we're going to do raffles. And I promise you the comforter and the shower curtain are going to be raffled off. I don't no. care what we have to do. We're going to do it. And two people are going <laughs> to do. We'll give them major props and shout outs and everything. If they freaking show a picture of them actually rocking the comforter on their bed or the shower curtain, dude, that'll be the best ever. It's going to go to like some like college guy who like needs a comforter, but like he only watches like twice a year. Either that or it'll, it'll wind up like at one of those hostels or something, you know, where all those, those guys travel from all over. That'd be hilarious. Oh, oh you're going to see the truck stop. You're going to say that the pilot stop and the grapevines? Oh, yeah, the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> Who left this year? This was like $120. <laughs> oh, oh be so sad. Good times. All right. Well, yes. Oh, Buy the merch. Yes. <laughs> Buy the merch. Listen, like, subscribe, comment uh, if you can. It just all helps us out. So check out iTunes, uh, all the freaking pot, wherever you Spotify. listen. Yes, there you go. And uh, I think that's it for me, man. That's it for me as well. Everybody have a good night. Thanks for listening. Viva Los Angelitos. Absolutely what he said. (laughs) 